We are messengers with Dancing in the Dark. Your victory, 91.5, the sound of revival. This is Keith, and I have with me our general manager, Ray Haynes. Always good to have him in because it's always good things coming (laughs) from you. It always is because I, I look at it as, you know, we look at it, it's, we, we're on part 14, and yeah. we're counting how many more parts we have left, but I also look at it as you've prayed over each of these parts, and you've picked out exactly what God was telling you to teach us today, yeah. and so I just look at it as like, I mean, we can keep going as long as you got it, because that means God's speaking to us. Said so Mark Rutland's coming on pretty quick. So. Okay, well, after, after <laughs> we may have to pause for Dr. Mark. Pause, please. <laughs> So, uh, one of the neat parts of a Passover Seder, uh, for Christians, that is, uh, the three matzahs, you take uh, three pieces and they're placed in a special white covering. The middle matzah in part of the service is removed and broken. The larger piece of the, when you break it, and they're not even, usually one's a little bigger, it's placed and and wrapped and hidden, and it's called the afikomen, which in Greek simply means that which comes later. The Afikoman is hidden or buried, and later whoever finds it gets a prize. Great for the kids. That's something they enjoy doing. And there's also a tradition of stealing the Afikoman, <laughs> which is a reenactment of Jacob stealing the blessing that's supposed to go to his brother Esau. So there's a lot of cool uh, historical things in the Passover Seders. But why are there three matzahs? Well, it's a picture of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Son left heaven, was broken, buried then rose again alive and whoever finds him or asks jesus to forgive them and come live in their heart they receive a great reward which Mm -hmm. is eternal life which is heaven we single out this piece of bread because jesus was foreordained to die for us we break it because he was broken for us we hide it because he was buried with our sin we'll bring it out later because he rose again now we'll eat it before the third cup of wine because he was three days in the grave and we'll eat it because you have to accept Jesus into your life to be saved it's an amazing part of any Passover service is just coming to grips with probably the, one of the most beautiful pieces of of pictures that point to Jesus uh, there's a point you have four questions you tell the Passover story the Pharaoh and the ten plagues and in part of that you drink the second cup, which is the plagues and the iniquity. You refill that cup, and it is the cup of the ten plagues. It corresponds to the verse, I will free you from being slaves to them. Not just to Egypt, not to people, but to these sins. So a full cup represents joy, but you want to remember the Egyptians who died. So what you do is you say each plague, you dip your little finger into the cup, you drop a little bit of wine onto the plate, and they, they do that to take away some of your joy. So you learn not to look at the world as, you know, as Jesus compared one saying, I'm better than them. Luckily, I'm not like that poor sinner. We, you, it's, it's worse than that. You are worse than them. So you want to take away your joy and say, God, apart from you, apart from your blood, apart from what you did, I am a slave to sin. So, and, um, as you go through that, you also, uh, as we, Dave and I were talking about this morning, without understanding what's going on, you, you just name all of the ten plagues there. Then you drink your second cup. Now, when we think of the end times, tribulation is mostly against the Antichrist. Uh, only 12 verses out of 403 are persecution of the church. 
3% of the book of Revelation is persecution. So we look at Revelation in a very odd way just because it's, it's an unusual book. But tribulation, that period of time, it's the judgment of God destroying oppression. So like Moses and the Israelites in Goshen, partnering with the Lord in prayer, based on Scripture, 150 chapters are on end times. We're going through the whole Bible. And the shadows and types, I believe the rapture, is at the end, not the beginning of the tribulation. And that said, when it happens, we'll all know for sure. But either way, our goal is to be near Christ, and you're good. But Moses releases and stops the plague as God directs him, and as Pharaoh responds to them. So in the end times, the church is Moses. The trumpets are hail, fire, blood, should sound familiar from this morning. The seas turn to blood, death of sea creatures and destroyed ships, bitter water from a meteorite, the sun, moon, and stars are struck, darkness comes, locusts like scorpions the size of horses, four angels bring death worldwide, not just in Egypt, two witnesses preach, are killed and resurrected, there's earthquakes and war, dragons and two beasts, 666, 144,000 redeemed, the great harvest, the wine press of the wrath of God. So all of these images and imagery we want our garments stained red we want to drip with the blood of the lamb the problem with those who would look like at an early rapture is the hands and feet of jesus are then gone when the great harvest arrives which makes no sense at all revelation 16 we're in heaven and the bowls are poured forth on those who took the mark of the beast and then jesus leads us into the final battle so it's one perspective that sh that comes together with passover that hopefully uh adds some relevance there and making sense now since we are coming up on 12 30 let's see i'm just going to try to see what we can do to uh make some sense let me add a few more pieces here um you take salt and pinch it and add it to your matzah because it says to season all your grain offerings with salt because it's part of the covenant and salt preserves it purifies we are the salt jesus is the bread in this case so you also have bitter herbs mixed with herosis which is uh, a mixture of nuts and apple and cinnamon and wine but it is for the purpose of recalling the bitterness of slavery when we choose sin we got to learn to see sin as bitterness. We remember the suffering of Jesus who set us free, and we taste the sweetness of the wine of God's forgiveness. There's a part where you make that sop, which is matzah with the bitter herbs and the sweet herosis, and you recall the bitterness of slavery of sin and the sweetness of God's redemption. And uh, that sop is, as we mentioned earlier, you give that to a loved one. And uh, one of the neat stories that you see in, in the New Testament with Jesus is this alabaster box. Story of how Jesus was anointed before his crucifixion. He carries this beautiful illustration. She broke the alabaster box. But Mary could have simply opened it and poured out the, the nard. It's this extremely expensive, precious perfume, which might have been her dowry in real sense. In a Jewish wedding, the cup of wine they share as part of their first meal is smashed, so it binds you together with no way for anyone else to partake. It's a cool tradition. We did it at our wedding. 
uh, why did Mary break the alabaster box? Because you got to ask. I mean, it, it's valuable. What in the world? Well, it was. She looked at that in, in a very sense. She understood the relevance of it. So it was her dowry. It was everything about her. So the only way she could say, "I, I give you everything. I love you with all of who I am," was refusing to use that box for any other purpose after anointing him. And it was Mary's dowry. It was an expression of, of a bridal vow to Jesus. She understood that not in the human sense marrying, but she was the bride of Christ. And um, it was a few days before Passover, and Jesus said, you know, this is not going to be forgotten mm. for that reason. Grasping that relevance. Uh, you have a green vegetable. It's what they use to, would have been like a hyssop to, to apply the blood. But it talks about groaning in their slavery and praying and crying out to God. And so we, a green vegetable is there because God promises to hear us. So you're going to see that all the elements of Passover are there and they're relevant to today. They're not just 3,400 years ago. <laughs> the, uh, the clay the, of, of the, the mortar, if you will, of, the, of what they made when they were slaves, that's why the herosis is there, the nuts, the apple, cinnamon, wine. It's those bricks and mortar. They remember sin equals bondage. You put that in and binds two bricks together. And you should never think of sin in any other way, but it's going to bind you to something and not to God. Uh, roasted egg is a reminder of the temple holiday sacrifice, and it's a symbol of life. It was offered at the temple back in the day for all of the, the main ones, the Feast of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And it's a reminder that we need peace with God that only comes through Jesus. And salt water symbolizes the tears of slavery, but it also reminds us of when they crossed the Red Sea, salty sea there, they were set free. And so a lot of times it's when you're weeping, it's when you're separating yourself from what was destroying. Um, all of these things, all the elements of Passovers are things that every one of us struggles with daily. So they're built to be our daily companions to remind us of his truth. There you go. Always a great time. If you have missed any of them, you can go to our Victory Facebook page. Click on the link there. It's also going to be on Victory On Demand on Ray's own podcast. It has been an awesome time. We're going to go into some more worship and then into Dr. Mark Rutland, and then we may have Ray back in to kind of go back over a few more things. A harvest.